right, well, welcome everyone to our September town hall meeting. We are so glad to be with you. Hard to believe it's September um, and also so happy to uh, be in session and in school. It's been such a fun couple of weeks and we are so glad to have an opportunity to connect today. So with that, we've got a few save the date uh, uh, updates for you, um, including curriculum night. So we've got a lot going on. If you are with the lower school or upper school, you likely received an email on Monday that includes all sorts of great information, including pre-recorded videos. So please do take a look at that if you haven't already. Uh, and next week, middle school is gearing up for their curriculum nights. So please take a look at your email and uh, tune in to the information that Dr. Bell has shared so that you can uh, grab those details. We have a lot of great programs and activities coming up. A few quick reminders, we will not be in session this Friday or next Monday for the Labor Day holiday. And then also just a friendly reminder, especially to our new families that each Friday is a Spirit Wear Friday. Um, so please do take advantage of that. Um, wanted to remind you all that our uh, Fast Packs food drive started on Monday. We will actually continue that food drive throughout the semester to support uh, the Frisco uh, Fast Packs group. They are just a wonderful organization and we're so happy to be able to, to collaborate with them. Uh, next week is our first prayer walk and we invite you to join us uh, on campus at the visitor stands on the football field as our PTF folks walk the campus and pray for um, not only our campus, our faculty, staff, students, families, uh, just our community uh, as a whole. Also, men's and women's Bible study is kicking off here soon on the 17th. So please do look out for registration information on that front. Virtual pep talk is coming up and we've got some great content there. Uh, so keep an eye out for registration information. And then y'all, Friday Night Lights is coming. So we are so excited. Football season is on the horizon. Uh, we will be at the Star on October 3rd. Cannot wait. Uh, Cole Johnson, our athletic director, is with us today to talk a little bit more about that opportunity. We have our October virtual town hall happening on the 7th. The first Wednesday of every month is a town hall meeting, as a reminder. And then homecoming is coming up in mid-October. As a, as a reminder, we have our wonderful spirit shop online. If you're looking for more gear, especially for those spirit wear Fridays, the best way to order is online. Uh, we have primarily pre-order opportunities available along with some inventory for you. So you can get some items really quickly. Other items will be a, a bit delayed because we're fulfilling pre-orders, but we have everything from face coverings to water bottles to uh, new apparel designs. So be sure to check that out. Also, if you have not done so already, please do download the LCA app and uh, use the passwords shown on the screen to access your information. So with that, uh, Mr. McGee, I will turn things over to you to kick us off. Great. Thank you, Shannon, and uh, welcome everyone to this September Town Hall. Uh, it's good to be with you. Um, and uh, as is our custom for all events, I'd like to open us in, with a word of prayer. So if you would please bow with me. Father in heaven, I, uh, we have so much to be grateful for. Uh, for these past three weeks uh, of being virus-free, um, we certainly praise your name for that protection, and we, we thank you for uh, watching out and keeping us safe during this time. We thank you, Father, also for the families who have uh, joined our community, especially the new families whose first year um, is a very unusual year, but uh, certainly still an opportunity 
to receive a blessing. And so, Father, we thank you for um, bringing them into our community. And I just pray that we will all, we will welcome them with open arms and they will feel that they are a part of our community right from the beginning. Father, I thank you for just bringing uh, this talented group of teachers and administrators, educational leaders together uh, who are um, dedicated to serving these students. And um, I'm just so thankful to be in a community where, um, you know, our, our, our servants want to serve. This is their ministry. Um, they're not talking about strikes. They're not talking about boycotts. They're not talking about anything uh, that would harm students' uh, progress, what they're talking about, and what they desire is to serve our students well. And so I'm thankful to be a part of uh, that community. Father, I ask your blessing be upon our time together that as we discuss uh, important matters and issues that uh, we would do so with a spirit of uh, grace and understanding and that all that we say and do this day would be to your honor and glory. And it's in your son's name I pray, amen. All right, so uh, first of all, I wanna thank the LCA community for three great weeks. I mean, the fact that we, today marks the end of three weeks of school and to our knowledge, we are virus free. Um, that may change tomorrow, it may change in two hours, but for right now, we're, we feel very blessed to uh, have gotten these three weeks in. And, and it's, to, it's a credit to the whole community. It's a credit to the plans that we made um, uh, throughout the summer. It's a credit to our students and our parents who have um, faithfully uh, supported our protocols and abided by our, uh, our recommendations and our, our, our requirements. And so I wanna thank you first, parents that are on, the, on this uh, town hall. Thank you for your cooperation and support. Um, it's working and we pray that it'll continue to work throughout this semester and throughout the rest of this year. Um, and, and, and let's just, just keep up the good work and hopefully uh, in the next uh, uh, month, we'll, we'll be able to report similar results. So uh, thanks again, everyone, for, for your uh, support and your encouragement. Um, I, before, I'm gonna talk a little bit about our operational modalities a, a, a little later, but before I do, what I wanna uh, 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 review with you is uh, the Stronger Together Fund uh, that, we, uh, uh, named, that we renamed our annual fund last spring. Uh, uh, for those of you that are new to our community, you may not know this, but uh, uh, every year we have an annual fund in which we ask our community to support our people programs and uh, special projects um, uh, with gifts to uh, the school through what we call the annual fund. Um, in March, we pivoted that fund to, uh, and renamed it the Stronger Together Fund. Uh, and we uh, focused on raising additional money for our tuition assistance program. And I'm, I'm very proud to say that uh, this community responded generously and allowed us to uh, award over $950,000 in tuition assistance for this current year. So, um, um, so we're, we're very proud of that. I'm very uh, thankful to our generous families. Um, the, the annual fund officially uh, concludes on July the 31st. So on August 1st, we started a new, uh, um, a new annual fund 
Uh, we've decided to keep the name stronger together. Uh, we, we just think that communicates something very positive and important to our community. So we will kick off the 2021 Stronger Together Fund uh, in just a few weeks. Um, you'll be getting more information, but I, I wanted to show you and what you see on the screen there is just what we've been able to accomplish over the last uh, four years. Uh, we've only had an annual fund in place for four years and we've raised over $3 million to enhance and enrich our, our school. And you can see uh, there the bullet points, some of the major uh, projects we were able to accomplish uh, through uh, the annual fund. And so uh, uh, we intend to continue uh, that campaign uh, uh, throughout the school year because the needs are still there. Uh, we still have a need to, uh, uh, to improve our school uh, facility-wise and uh, to support our teachers and to enrich our programs. So, uh, so we'll be coming uh, to you with more information, but I do uh, at this time want to introduce to you two very special people. Um, they are some of the first people I met when I was, uh, uh, I took this position uh, four and a half years ago. Brad and Aaron Strzok are the parents of seventh grader Caden, and they have, I believe this is their ninth year in the school, and uh, Brad and, and Aaron uh, uh, have been so uh, generous and so supportive of our school over the years, uh, and I've really come to appreciate all that they've done. I mean, they, they have poured their lives into this school. Um, Aaron has run our spirit shop and been involved in our PTF. Brad's been involved in our men's ministries. They, uh, they, they are just uh, wonderful uh, uh, parents and their family is such a blessing to our school. And so I wanted uh, to give you an opportunity to meet them because they are now, we've asked them and they graciously agreed to uh, chair our Stronger Together Fund for 2021. So I'm gonna introduce them and let them introduce themselves, tell a little bit about their family and explain why they accepted this chairmanship and, and why they support the school. So Brad and Aaron, welcome. Hello everyone, Th thanks Bill. Appreciate that kind introduction and um, we're, we're just so excited and uh, Aaron just won't stop volunteering. Now she's the team mom for the football team. So I'm sure many of you seen her and uh, saw her in spirit shop last year, but uh, we were, we were taken a little back when, when Mr. McGee asked us to do this and, uh, and we were very honored. And uh, then our first thought was, you know, we're, it's the middle of a pandemic. How are we gonna be able to ask people for money? And it just seemed awkward and challenging. And we started thinking about it and they challenged us to think about, well, why have we given over so many years? And, uh, and, and when I kind of got by myself and started thinking, you know, the reason that we've given and is, is, is it just doesn't help Caden, our son, I think it's cool that when we give something and we can direct it however we want, that it's, it's helping Caden's friends, it's helping uh, some of our friends, their kids that are coming in behind Caden. So there's so many cool ways to donate and it's going to a great cause and uh, it's gonna be with the school forever for some of the things. And, and Legacy gives you the opportunity to even kind of indicate where you'd like your funds to go. And so I just wanna emphasize the point. We know it's a challenging time, but we use the term best gift and and if we get 100% participation, best gifts from everyone, we can do amazing things. And um, I just think, you know, this fund is kind of what helped the school to, to, to open and, and to have that uh, type of uh, performance as far as uh, no viruses so far. So, and then the tuition assistance is amazing and that stu students from Legacy that want to be there and parents want their kids there can still be there. So 
Uh, we just think it's, it, it blesses the school in so many different ways. And uh, once we thought about it, we couldn't be more excited about it. And uh, we believe in it. And uh, we're happy to answer any questions. And uh, just to encourage you to, to think about it and pray about it. And, and, and then, it, you know, at the right time, it, it'll make sense for you and your family. Erin, is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, he put it together perfectly. I, I mean, we've always said all along that Legacy is, we have a strong sense of community at Legacy. And we just feel that we can be stronger together through annual funds like this to allow those students for, that want to go to Legacy to allow for, for tuition assistance and other ways to improve the school. So we're thrilled and honored and so excited for this opportunity. So thank you. Thank you, Mr. McGee. All right. Well, Brett and Aaron, thank you uh, so much for accepting this leadership opportunity. And uh, uh, you'll be hearing more about uh, an opportunity to support our, our mission and our programs um, in just a few weeks. So um, uh, let me let me talk. Let's let's go to the to the uh, operational uh, or operating modalities screen. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, we're still in level three. And, and uh, I just want to remind everyone that um, we review our, our current environment on a weekly basis um, and sometimes even on a daily basis, but we're very aware of the different, uh, um, you know, the changing environment, also the, the, uh, the changing science uh, uh, even. I mean, you know, we, it's interesting what we knew back in March is very different than what we know uh, today and the science is, is constantly changing and experts sometimes are not in agreement. Um, but here, here's what I would say. We are comp still confident in our plan. We think we have a really strong plan, and I think it, it's been proven in the last three weeks. Um, we will be reviewing that regularly. I think the biggest uh, question that, that, that comes to me is, is, you know, what about masks? And, and what are, you know, when, when will you be able to relax some of those restrictions, uh, especially with our middle and upper school? And, and what I can tell you is, we, we consider that regularly, um, but we don't want to do anything prematurely that would threaten, um, you know, our, the health and well-being of our, uh, of our community. So um, uh, we are meeting regularly on that. Uh, I would ask this one favor, parents, please don't lobby us through emails. Please don't send emails to teachers or, uh, uh, or to our nurse, uh, Angie Detloff, or um, or um, uh, uh, Nurse Lester, uh, you know, th th we're not going to make decisions based on just public opinion or 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 any lobbying effort. I would ask that that you uh, um, have confidence in us making those decisions that are in the best interest of our entire community, which also includes the teachers. You know, it's not just uh, students that we want to protect, but it's also 150 teachers and administrators. So, so what, so I, I thank you in advance, uh, parents, for uh, your cooperation in that. And I promise you, we want to operate in the least restrictive environment as possible that still ensures the safety and well-being of our community. And so we still keep that as uh, our guideline. And, uh, you know, just, just hang, hang in there. Uh, we, we may make some changes as early as next week. We may, it may be two weeks, but it may go the other way too. We, we have to be ready for anything these days. And, um, but uh, your, uh, your support and your encouragement is, is greatly appreciated. 
All right, so I do promise you the, uh, um, there will be a new, uh, an updated version of our new Heights educational plan that's coming out soon, so be looking for that. Uh, I do want to say um, that we don't want these town hall meetings going forward to only be about the pandemic and COVID-19. Um, uh, we're, we're ready to talk about something a lot more uh, positive and, and uplifting. And so we're going to start off that way uh, today. So I've asked uh, Daniel Townsley, our chief academic officer, to share some good news about our academic programs uh, and, and just take a break from the pandemic for a few minutes. So Daniel, uh, it's all yours. Well, thank you, Bill. And it is great to, to be able to share about our school and our successes last year. Um, so I welcome this opportunity. Uh, I have quite a few updates, so hope these are, are beneficial for our community. Parents, thank you for your support over these last few months as we worked on our new Heights plan and return to campus protocols. Your encouragement, patience, understanding, and partnership have been invaluable in supporting our faculty and staff as we have done our very best to open the school with our students' health and well-being as top priority. New programs have been launched, such as LCA Online, as well as new platforms adopted to best meet the needs of students. Thank you, faculty and staff, for the numerous hours you spent this summer in preparing for the school year. And, and thank you for your continued sacrifice, dedication, your flexibility, creativity, and hard work that have been essential, allowing us to complete three full weeks of in-person on-campus instruction. I want to take a minute, minute to kind of reflect. Um, I'm one of the, the few remaining staff members of Legacy that began my tenure on the first day that Legacy opened 21 years ago. The founding and launching of Legacy was only possible as parents and teachers came together to offer a Christian education option in Frisco. In 1999, parents were enrolling their children and teachers turning down other jobs to start a school at a, to start a school that at the time did not even physically exist or have a finished campus to call home. Most of the summer in preparation for that very first year of legacy was spent by dedicated faculty and families working from home. Uh, there was no building, there was no school at that time. It was, it was a dream that everybody was working towards with the anticipation that one day late in the summer, Frisco Bible Church would complete the construction of their new church building and provide a home for our new school. In many ways, my experience this summer has been similar to that first summer when Legacy began. Parents providing support, understanding and encouragement as teachers and staff work behind the scenes, longing for the eventual day when we could open our doors and see all preparation finally come to fruition. It has been humbling and uplifting to be walking alongside everyone, families and faculty through these very challenging times as our current Legacy community once again, joined hands and united with the common goal to each do our part so that students could return to a physical campus. Thank you parents for supporting and believing in us. Thank you faculty and staff for your dedication to our students. Legacy 21 years ago was only able to open and we've only, only been able to, by the Lord's grace, to reopen our physical campus because we truly are stronger together in Christ. It has been wonderful for all to see kids back on campus. We have 941 students in our on-campus program with currently 22 students participating in FLEX. We have 16 students who are in our newly launched LCA online program. We currently have seven grades that are at full capacity and four grades that are near full capacity. Our Spanish immersion program is starting its second year. We currently have 62 students total in Spanish immersion with 18 in kindergarten, 24 in first grade and 20 in second grade. Our professional schools program is entering its third year and is starting its second year offering student capstone internships for seniors. 
Last year was our inaugural year for launching an internship capstone opportunity for our seniors. And we placed 35 students with partners for a seven month on-site field experience in a variety of professional settings, ranging from physicians offices, music studios, engineering firms, to corporate businesses. Our five fantastic professional school deans, Jeff Beal, Chris Keyes, Kara Hermogino, Tara Caswell, and Dwayne Hamilton worked diligently to create partnerships and opportunities for our seniors, and our students served with distinction in the various industries they joined. Students also received constructive and authentic performance feedback from our intern partners several times during the experience. For this school year, our student participation has risen 20% and we will have 47 of our 75 12th graders participating in internships. In addition to the internships, our upper school has added numerous classes as well as numerous dual credit classes to support our professional schools program and enrich the academic impact this program is having. Thank you to our families who have partnered with our school to offer internship opportunities, as well as for the numerous legacy families who have dedicated your own precious time to share your professional stories and wisdom with our students during symposiums and roundtables for grades nine through 12. Our class of 2020 achieved one of the highest ACT averages we have ever had with a 26.1 composite and ACT super score average of a 27. 29% of the class scored a 30 or higher on at least one section of the ACT, and nine seniors scored a perfect score in one or more sections of the ACT. As a class of 91 graduates, 100% of, of the class applied to at least one college by the early deadline of November 1st in 2019, and 100% of the class was admitted to a college or university. That is a very ambitious goal, and the, the benefit of that is students are starting and and getting success early during their senior year, which just leads to more investigation and review and more opportunities and success. So I'm very proud of, of how many seniors, 100% are, are applying to college so early and opening up those conversations with, with their families and friends and also with our staff. The 91 graduates received a total of 347 college acceptances to 117 different universities a remarkable average of almost four acceptances per senior. Um, if y'all could move the slide to the, the college map, um, these universities span the entire county, I mean country from Syracuse University to Washington State University. 37% will be attending private universities, 63% public, 38% will be attending out of state and 62% will be staying in state. We have students who will be competing in college athletics and baseball, soccer and football, and this class of 2020 was offered $10.5 million in scholarship awards, with many receiving full-ride scholarships to attend prestigious universities. In addition, under Rebecca McIntosh's impressive leadership as our director, our Department of College Counseling has been innovative in providing college discovery opportunities for families. In fact, many of Mrs. McIntosh's creative enhancements this year will allow students to connect personally even more with colleges. So um, I'm excited to announce that this year we're partnering with the company to launch a unique virtual college fair. Registration information will be emailed soon to all 8th through 12th grade families. This event will take place on September 24th from 6 to 10 p.m. Some of the benefits of this virtual college fair are offering a four-hour virtual fair this year as opposed to a two-hour fair in the past, which will allow families more time and flexibility in their schedule to join the fair. Students can browse all the colleges in one platform, save their favorites, and go back to access the information after the fair. And there'll be no more information cards to fill out. 
Students can let colleges know that they plan to apply or desire to receive more information with the click of a button. Um, it's going to personalize it. It's going to open up communication and contact between our students and numerous, numerous colleges. Uh, this is a platform that, that was primarily used in a community college setting that we're bringing down to our high school setting to, to enrich the experience and discovery process for our students. Uh, it's an innovative way for our students to connect with even more colleges. In addition, we're still offering weekly opportunities for college visits um, where students can meet with colleges on Wednesday um, virtually, um, but consistently, and we're having a lot of college reach out and, and sign up to be part of that program. In addition, the Department of College Counseling will also be providing the same opportunities for testing. ACT testing is in previous years. During these COVID times, um, one of the unfortunate aspects of COVID is that testing has been shut down in many, many places nationwide. We know students across the country are struggling to find places to take the ACT. So our long partnership with ACT is allowing us to be able to continue to offer the ACT at Legacy during the school week this year for our students. So Legacy students will have extra opportunities to test um, in a comfortable environment that not all students nationwide will have this year. Uh, so our 11th and 12th graders uh, will register and be able to take the official ACT at, on, at Legacy on Tuesday, October 6th during the school day. Um, and in addition, Legacy continues to invest in and make available an ACT prep program called Better Prep Success for all upper school students. So I hope all this information is encouraging and, and enlightening. Um, be, it's excited to start talking about the academic programs and I just want to thank you once again, families and faculty, for your continued support, your sacrifice, and modeling for our fiscal community how we are indeed stronger together in Christ. So thank you. Adam? Thank you, Daniel. I have just a few questions for you. Um, I know you talked about the PSP a little bit uh, a few minutes ago. If we have families that are interested or if they know people who are interested in, in partnering with us in that program, whether it might be for a symposium speaker uh, or in regards to the capstone internship projects, who should they contact for that? Great question. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, they should reach out to Jeff Beal in our upper school. Um, and and um, if, if you don't have his contact information, reach out to to just any, anyone in leadership in our upper school and they will connect you. I'm Kevin Mosley, Cheryl Crawford, um, or reach out to myself, uh, Daniel Townsley at LegacyCA.com. Um, so if you, if you would like to be considered for internships and, and learn about that program and how you can participate or even be a speaker for many of our, our professional schools, please reach out to someone in the school administration and they'll connect you with me if you don't have my direct information or please reach out to me um, directly. It'd be great to have you join that team. It's, it's been wonderful. One of the goals of PSP was to unite our community and to allow our parents opportunities to serve our students and, and um, be able to invest in them. And, and through the three years, this program has done that. It's allowed us to, to build bridges between ed education and, and professional life, corporate life. And, and we're excited about, about deepening that with, with our families and in any way that you possibly could support us. Um, you talked a little bit about the college fair and hinted at information coming soon. When do students start learning about their college options? They, they start discussing it early on in, in ninth grade. Um, our PSP is focused on them beginning to explore possible career paths and what that might 
mean for cost, possible college options. Um, our director of college advising, Rebecca McIntosh, works with students as well. Um, so it's kind of started in ninth grade and then just continues on. Um, we allow eighth graders to participate in our college fair just so they can begin that process um, early and, and learn what it means to talk with, with um, college reps and, and practice those skills. We have great feedback from colleges that our students are wonderful to talk to because usually it's our students asking the question, not just families that at many other college fairs are the experience. So um, we have different aspects of the programming starting in ninth grade and continuing to the senior year that, that serve families. For new families, we'll have some, uh, some grade level parent college nights coming up in the, in the, in the uh, early, early spring, um, in the winter time around January. Um, and other opportunities. So the best way right now is to get your kids talking and, and visiting colleges and the virtual fair is a great place to start if you have an eighth through 12th grader. Perfect, all right, thank you. I think You're we're welcome. good to move on. And we'll turn it over to Nurse Angie. Hello everyone. Uh, first of all, I want to thank all of the students, parents, faculty, and staff members for being so mindful of the pro pro procedures and protocols that we have in place this year due to COVID-19. Um, by taking these necessary precautions, we have been able to hold in-person classes and thankfully we've not had a case of COVID-19. Uh, I do want to ask that we all continue to follow these preventative um, measures and closely monitor how we're feeling in regards to our health because it really is making a difference. As a reminder, I am the contact person for COVID-19 reporting and contact tracing. Uh, I will be the one to initiate our COVID-19 protocols. This will include notifying Denton County of positive COVID-19 cases on our campus and notifying Mr. McGee along with appropriate members of the administration. Um, this is an important step in communicating information to our legacy community in a timely manner. So please call or email me if your student or a member of your household has tested positive for COVID, uh, is ill with COVID-like symptoms, has possibly been exposed to COVID-19, or if you're waiting uh, for a COVID test result. We have also been made aware of college students being sent home due to an outbreak on their campus or after they've, been, they've tested positive for COVID-19. So I've spoken with the physicians on our health and well-being team regarding this concern, and we now have a protocol in place for if and when this happens to one of our legacy families. Now, if a college student is sent home due to a COVID-19 outbreak on their campus, but they've not been exposed or diagnosed with COVID, families will just need to continue to follow the current recommendations and precautions. But if a college student has a confirmed case of COVID-19 and is sent home, the following is required for all those living in the same household prior to their returning to our campus. The positive COVID-19 college student must isolate in a designated sick room, like a bedroom, eliminating close contact with the other family members in the household. LCA students, faculty, staff members, and parents in that household must contact their physician regarding recommendations and they must also provide a letter from their physician stating they are not contagious and are allowed to be on our campus. Our focus this year continues to be prevention. So I also wanted to mention that flu shots are still recommended and highly encouraged by the medical community. So please contact your physician regarding this year's flu shot. 
And now I'll turn it back over to Adam. Thank you, Angie. Guys, I'm so excited. I get to do something other than ask questions this week. It's like, uh, it's like they let me out of my cage for a little bit here. So um, what I get to share with you tonight is uh, our, our flowchart of responses. Uh, we put this together because we thought it would help make sense. I know some of it probably appears really small on your screen, especially if you're watching on an iPhone. Uh, we will get this emailed out to you and it will be included in the next uh, version of, of New Heights once it gets here. Uh, there, it's a pretty simple flowchart, so I won't read it all to you. As Nurse Angie indicated, uh, we will partner with Denton County Public Health uh, once we've been made aware of a case. And we basically have three responses. Uh, the first, I'm going to start with that middle column because I want, I think we get this question a lot. If, if we have a confirmed case on campus, we will email the whole school. Uh, obviously, we're not going to tell you who it is. That, that would be a violation of, of HIPAA law, but you will know if there's a case on campus. I know some people thought maybe we wouldn't do that, um, but regardless of whether you're on North Campus, South Campus, Lower, Middle, Upper, we will communicate that we have had a case on campus, and that's basically what's right down the middle of that chart. Um, I want to point out to you what's at the bottom of the middle column that says a student can transition to flex at any time. Uh, so based on any of the information that you hear um, or that we send home, if you feel like it would be best for your children uh, to learn at home, that is an option. Uh, you just need to complete the transition form or the change of status form, I believe is what it's called. On the left side of the chart is what would happen uh, if we had, once we have a case, we will begin to identify the direct exposure. Uh, so that would be the, the contact tracing. We will be working on that. Um, and then we will obviously communicate to you if, if we feel that your student was in um, direct exposure. You will be notified of that and, and we'll continue to reach out and make contact with you until we have confirmed uh, that you've received our message. And then we've got a list, uh, a couple bullet points there about what would happen in those cases if you were directly exposed. So the student would need to remain off campus until test results can be verified. We would transition them to flex learning so that the learning can continue. Uh, we would ask that you would inform your primary care physician, obviously monitor symptoms, and then contact Nurse Detloff before returning to campus. Uh, and we will be looking for a physician letter and a negative COVID test documentation. So again, the big key there is stay in contact with Nurse Angie, and we've got her information along the bottom of that form. Uh, on the right side of the chart, we've got information on keeping our campus safe. Um, if we have potential exposure notifications, we will communicate uh, to lower school grades, uh, regardless of if it's in one class or not, we can communicate with the whole grade, middle and upper school where our students are changing classes we will communicate to any classes in which a confirmed case was in about possible exposure. And then potentially exposed individuals would need to remain off campus um, or self-quarantine for 14 days. Again, we'll transition to flex learning. Ask that you contact your primary physician, continue to monitor symptoms, and then remain in contact with Nurse Angie. So that is the chart in a nutshell. I'm um, looking over at the chat. So this would be a question for Nurse Angie. Uh, if we're in close contact with another colleague that has subsequently tested positive, 
So if I'm exposed as a parent and I'm required as 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 an employee for my company to self-quarantine for 14 days, should I also, are my children then required to self-quarantine as well? If with that situation, um, we would definitely um, like for you to contact uh, your student's physician, explain the situation, um, and uh, get their recommendations regarding that. Um, I would ask that the students stay at home until we have the doctor's recommendation and documentation stating that they would be okay to come back on campus. Okay, great, thank you. And thank you for the question as well, Sean. All right, Mr. Dyer, you're up. Thank you, Adam. Welcome everyone, glad you're here. So a um, couple things I want to touch base on and um, just get you updated on. Um, one, of course, is car lines. We've talked about that a lot in the past and just want to let you know uh, how things are going there. So uh, drop off and pick up adjustments are working as you, for those that have been in car lines, you've probably noticed there have been several adjustments made and we continue to try to tweak it until we got something that worked just right and we think we're either there or very close. Uh, part of that is both parents and staff are sort of settling into their new routines and kind of understanding how this goes and that's made it uh, work a lot better. Um, the temperature check process itself is happening pretty efficiently. It's not adding a lot of time to this. And uh, interestingly, the, the students themselves have really got this process down. And for anyone that's been in car lines, it, it's really quite fascinating to watch as they you get up to a car and, and they've already got their backpack ready. They kind of push their forehead out at you a little bit, waiting for that, uh, that reading. And for those that have bangs, they already know to lift their hair out of the way. And so it's really been fascinating watching these students adjust, but it's gone really well. The process uh, is, is, is uh, working. Uh, I did a brief straw poll of the car line workers at the various doors. And uh, so far, no one has reported to me uh, any students being sent back home during car lines due to a fever. So. Uh, again, that's really great news for those of us as we try to continue on campus learning that, uh, that that's been a success. Uh, I, I want to thank our PTF and parent volunteers who've been assisting us in car lines. Uh, and another really big thank you to you parents for your patience and cooperation during this process. Uh, I have to remember that my perspective on car lines is from the sidewalk. So for those of you behind the wheel during car lines. I want you to know that I value and welcome your feedback. If you see something I'm not and, and something we need to know, please feel free to reach out and, and share that with us. So we have a, uh, everything we need to know to continue to make car lines work for us. So uh, moving on to food service. So uh, food service at the South Campus in particular, the delivery service has gone well so far. Obviously like any new process, there were some initial hiccups. Um, I do want to point out that Mr. McGee has shared in his blog an article about SAGE and that delivery system here at the South Campus, and I encourage you to check that out. Um, we do know also, though, that some parents still have a reluctance to order food through SAGE service right now, and we've been getting input and feedback from families, and I want you to know that we're listening. Uh, I know one challenge or frustration is the need to place an order so far ahead of time. Uh, we've worked with SAGE to be able to reduce that pre-order timeframe from one week ahead to one day ahead. So just know that you can now place an order the day before and <clears throat> that will work. 
some of you also have expressed concerns uh, that you really don't know or understand the safety protocols regarding food service. So uh, also we will be sharing with all of our families some information about all those safety protocols that SAGE has in place. So please keep an eye out for that. That should be coming to you very soon. Um, another impediment is uh, the menu selection. So I, I want you to know that we'll be meeting with SAGE next week to revisit our South Campus menu and work towards food selections that are a little more in line with young palates. Uh, SAGE makes wonderful food and always very interesting menu items but it may or may not always be what a young child would order for themselves, say at a restaurant. So we, we wanna to work more towards that, uh, items that are more recognizable, things you know that they're going to enjoy and want to eat. And so we will, uh, we will work towards that. Uh, and then last, but certainly not least, a little bit, a tidbit on technology. So um, we have worked very hard to enable technology uh, capability, especially for lower and middle school this year, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and for those students that are in flex mode right now, um, we want you to know that we are prepared to uh, send home the school-owned devices to support what you're doing at home there. Um, we really feel that as much as we can, anything that a student is doing on campus on a technology device, uh, that transition to home, we believe, would be so much smoother if they can just take that same device home with them during flex time, and we're prepared to do that. So those of you that are in flex mode, um, please know you can reach out to us, and, um, and, and more than happy to work with you to get those devices, whether it's a Chromebook or an iPad, home to you with your students, uh, and we'll be continuing to work with you on that. So. Uh, Adam, that's pretty much all I've got to say at this point. I'm sure there are some questions. Actually, Mr. Dyer, I don't know that I have any right now, but I do have a question for Nurse Detloff, if we can go back to her real quick. Absolutely. Um, we had a question submitted. So Nurse Angie, the question is, uh, what's the protocol if we have a sick child with some symptoms, but no temperature? So the uh, symptoms that are um, consistent with COVID um, don't always necessarily include fever. Um, that is one of them that could possibly present itself, um, but we do need to look at all of the symptoms that um, a student is exhibiting and not um, only focus on fever. Um, so that is why um, Nurse Lester and I may be asking parents to, um, you know, verify what um, what their symptoms are and to contact their physician um, to make sure that um, whatever illness is going on is not contagious um, to the rest of um, the campus and um, that they would be then allowed to, to come back to school. Thank you, Nurse Angie. Mr. Dyer, a question for you. Will plexiglass dividers remain in the lunchrooms? Uh, this would be on the North Campus. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, those will remain there. In fact, they're there even when lunch isn't being served. They're used for study halls and other things to, to uh, allow the students to relax around those round tables. Very good. Okay. I think that's it. I think we're ready to move on. Mr. Cole Johnson, welcome to the town hall. Adam, thank you. All right. I think I've unmuted myself there. This is this is like uh, getting called to the score table to go into a big game. 
Uh, so I'm trying to remember all my bullet points and try and be as succinct as possible, but thank you for having me. Brad and Aaron, thank you for um, all you've done in serving our community and volunteering uh, and, and uh, for making our community better. Thank you. Uh, so a, a number of items we, wanna, we want to tackle, uh, beginning with seating capacity, and I'm going to dive right into the star game. That is October 3rd. That is a Saturday evening. We're playing Trinity Christian uh, uh, Addison, so TCA, uh, and that should be a competitive game. Now, the seating capacities for the star are going to be a little different uh, than Comstock Field here uh, on the campus of Legacy Christian. Uh, as, as the star, I believe, uh, facilitates up to pre-COVID about 12,000 people or so, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to find out what percentage of capacity they're running at. And that's a big question for all our games. Uh, and so even if they're running at capacity, that would mean there's, if it's 25% capacity, that means it's about 3,000 people. And so uh, some of those seats would go toward the visitors. Some of those would go toward the home team. And that's been a challenge. I want you to know that the, the seating capacity is not a challenge unique uh, to Legacy Christian Academy. It is not unique to TAP schools. Every high school or every school district or every private school is facing this challenge with all their fall sports. Uh, so it's one of the hottest topics among athletic departments everywhere. And so uh, just bear that in mind. It, it's always changing as a matter of fact even as, about, uh, as of uh, about two hours prior to the town hall, we got a call. Uh, we're working closely with Nurse Detloff, and, and we catch some new information, and then we've got to refer that back to TAPS. So uh, it, it's always changing, but it's one of the most often discussed topics in our department. Uh, so please, please understand that. It is, it is discussed daily. Uh, currently, you know, um, we, we want to know how we can adjust uh, our and maximize our capacities considering um, you know we want to fall in line with with uh, state and local ordinances as well as taps guidelines uh, in addition to that we another question that we're always facing is how can we build community and culture within our school and in, even within our athletic programs uh, with these capacity limitations. And so it's, it, we're, we're always trying to uh, see where that, where, what that capacity is while maintaining wellness, while maintaining a culture of safety, uh, and what can we do safely there while trying to hit all our objectives and goals. So as long as we have capacity measures in place, uh, unfortunately, we're gonna see limits. But even within those limits, we're working on maximizing those capacities. Um, and, and, and so we want you to know this. It is important to us that our participants' parents see them play. Uh, even amidst limited capacities, uh, we're doing what we can uh, to increase streaming, uh, to make that available to, to folks that may feel as though it's unsafe uh, for them, or it's too high of a risk for them to come with, with the potential of uh, COVID. Um, and so we want to be sensitive to that. But kind of that leads us kind of right into tickets. Each event will have a limited number of tickets. And 
Um, our goal here is to make ticket purchasing as, as seamless as possible while maximizing uh, a safe capacity for each game. That's gonna be different from home games to away games. What we do here at Legacy, our policies here may be more strict than some schools and they may be more lax than other schools. And so we've gotta bear that in mind. What is that, you know, that involves different things for screening. We'd like it to be as consistent as possible uh, uh, as, as an athletic event. Uh, so we're thinking about those things. Uh, but our tickets will be touchless uh, this year. Our tickets uh, will be purchased online, uh, and they must be purchased prior to arriving at the gate this year. We're, we're tag teaming with hometown ticketing, and, and, uh, and, and so we even met with them today as to how that looks, uh, what does that look like, and, and so um, different Different schools are going to look different ways, but Adam, if you'll please uh, move to the next slide, uh, that would be great. Uh, if you if you want to purchase tickets, you'll see uh, on the screen there. Uh, if you'll go to our athletic our school website and click on Eagle Athletics website, uh, you can you'll you'll find purchase purchase tickets. If you click hover over that, click on that, uh, then you can go to, it'll take you to the next screen and it says click here to purchase tickets. It's pretty self-explanatory. We're still uh, trying to finalize those details, making sure that's seamless. Uh, but we want it to be touchless. We want it to be uh, 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 as seamless as possible. And so what that means is you'll be able to purchase them online uh, even before the game. There will be a lead up time where you can purchase those. Um, for when we travel to different events um, within our district, the visiting teams have access for, for a window of time of up to 35% of the total capacity available. Uh, I don't wanna give a specific amount because that'll just uh, throw things off. Um, and so, uh, you know, just know that the visiting teams, wherever we go within our district, have access to 35% of the available tickets. That leaves 65% for the host school or the home site. And so we're trying to work within that to maximize how many people can we get to a game safely. Uh, and, and so I, I just, I wanna be clear about that, which in addition to that, what, what we've also been fortunate to do is we've been able to introduce uh, hometown ticketing to uh, other district schools. So. Uh, there are district opponents that will use that. Now, that said, you know, a common question is, what about booster passes? What about season tickets? Well, working with hometown ticketing, we're trying to nail that down. We're trying to see how that will look, and we're having to redefine some things. Uh, so how can we make it easier for you? We're working on that. How can we make it as seamless as possible? We're working on that. But please just know, uh, that we do have a limited amount of tickets. We're working on packaging those things and we're having to uh, rewrite things. Um, and it seems to be a bit of a moving target. So uh, I, I hope that's clear. Um, but different venues and schools will have different capacities and different, different capacity percentages will be, uh, will, I'm sorry, capacities will differ whether it's an inside sport or an outside sport. 
And so there are just different amounts there. What I would encourage you to do is make sure that you have tickets prior to traveling to Southwest Christian. Uh, there will be people, there will be folks that want to make a game time decision and, and, uh, and that's tough to do. We don't want you to drive over there and not have a ticket. We'd rather you secure your ticket online uh, from your work or your home so you know that you can go over there and you have a ticket. Tickets are not on sale yet. That web page will be populated uh, usually just prior to a week in advance. We're going to see when we can get those tickets up. That's also on the calendar, so that's what we're after. We're also planning, uh, we're working on having a dry run um, with these tickets uh, for scrimmages. We're trying to map that out as we go as well. Uh, where do we get tickets? We've already, we've already seen that. Due to limited amounts of tickets, we do want to increase streaming. And at this time, we're working to lock in streaming for all levels of all fall sports. And that means we're even, we're even troubleshooting uh, how can we get access to streaming in the lower school gym uh, where middle school volleyball will be played? And so uh, we know with a limited amount of tickets increases the, um, the, the, the desire for streaming so that we can still see those games. Uh, TAPS updates, um, we're, you know, we're still a go for fall. They still want football to happen. Um, we're still good there as far as uh, where we fall inside of TAPS and, and our uh, compliance with them. Uh, so they, they've not had any recent updates there other than to say uh, we're good, we're still slated uh, for uh, our scheduled start of football. Uh, at this time, uh, for fall sports, we have 92 middle school fall athletes and 125 uh, high school fall athletes, which is consistent with where we have been. Those are, uh, those are students who are active in uh, an in-season sport. So that doesn't include uh, winter or spring sports. So if you do have more questions, feel free to email me. Real easy uh, address to email me at is athletics at legacyca.com or cole.johnson uh, at legacyca.com. Prior to signing off, um, what we will do, the, the way things are scheduled is we're supposed to get opponents um, ticketing um, information about a week in advance so that we can turn around and give that to you guys. Uh, within the ticketing, within purchasing tickets, there are going to be different buckets. And what I mean by different buckets is this, we're going to set aside a certain amount of tickets for uh, parents, for participants, parents. And that means at a fall, at a, at a Friday night football game, that would include band uh, and, and band participants, parents cheerleaders and, and as they have participants, their parents, as well as football players and their parents. It's important to us that our, that our participants' parents see those games. It's also important to have student, a student base there. So we're doing what we can to increase um, uh, capacity for students as well. Um, we'll set those tickets aside and you will um, there are further directions that, that Mr. Mosley sent out last week that you can see on our website, 
uh, but there are codes involved in some of those. Some of those will involve student ID uh, numbers for codes. So I hope that helps. If you do have questions, feel free to, uh, to email me. And, but Adam, I'm guessing there are one or 200 questions. <laughs> you did a good job of, of reading those questions and talking at the same time, Cole. Oh, well, thank you. Careful. You may become the Q&A leader if you, if you don't oh, watch boy. it. Oh, boy. Um, so just a few more. Um, this, this was answered in the chat, but it's, it was asked by multiple people, so I want to give you a chance to speak to it. Uh, will we take temperatures at the gate in the same way we do in student car lines? Pro well, we will not reach into your car and, and take temperatures. All right. We will take temperatures prior to entering the facility. TAPS has protocols um, for, for games. Uh, basically, you have to have a ticket, you have to have a mask, and you have to have a temperature taken. Okay. And so, uh, that, and you have to, you will also have to acknowledge that you do not have any symptoms, uh, COVID symptoms. You're, you're symptom free. Okay. Very good. Uh, tickets will need to be purchased at, for competitions at all levels, middle school, JV, varsity? Yes, yes. Okay. And, and with that, with limited, with limited capacities, um, you know, I know, I know uh, what, when we travel to uh, an opponent's school, some, some of their bleachers are, are not as uh, accommodating uh, in numbers as ours. And, and so with that, you know, it, it's going to, it could be very frustrating when, when other schools have uh, fewer tickets available than we do. And, and um, I would pray that we're still gracious, uh, that we still consider that uh, we want this thing to work. Uh, you know, nobody wants to turn anyone away. Um, but um, limited seats, you know, some schools, uh, are, are, we're going to have to do different things with that to accommodate. Sure. Um, will we be required to wear masks at outdoor games? I know you, you talked about away games, different policies, different schools, but at Legacy. So you said we have to have a mask to get in the game. Totally makes sense. Will we also be required to wear that during the game? With what I've read from TAPS, even as of today, yes. Uh, unless you're eating, there are a few criteria uh, that might excuse that. If you're eating or drinking, it's hard to do through a mask. I've tried it, um, and uh, but but yes, uh, taps is a yes. I hear you. Buy all the nachos and hot dogs you can. That's what you're saying. Come, come loaded for bear, um, and. One of the buckets uh, that I think exists, will, will students have access to tickets? Yes, yes, they will. However, we might not be able to accommodate every student. Right. Uh, and that's going to look different from the lower school gym to, the, to, the, uh, to Comstock Field. Sure. Uh, our lower school gym is, is very, very tight. And uh, so we're having to accommodate other teams in, in other manners. Uh, so what we do is we, we're setting aside tickets for parents, putting that in a bucket. And that will likely be a general admission bucket that nobody has access to while the parents have access to it, early access to it. 
So you can use the term pre-sale there if you want. Uh, once that window closes, those the remaining tickets would move to a, a general admission available to only our school. What we'd also like to do is set a secondary bucket aside when we, if we can, along with the parent bucket. So you'd have parents slash general admission, if you will, and then we have students. Um, and, and, and so a limited number of students will hopefully be available. I can say that uh, as far as the upper school and, and outdoor events, uh, we're working on the lower school gym. That is a difficult challenge. Well, let me say on behalf of all the parents, as uh, a cheer dad, thank you uh, for all that you're doing. Uh, there's, you know, it, it's hard because we want to be able to play these games. And, and you talked about this earlier uh, before we went on the air that we've got, in some cases, more athletes than we've had in, in years past. And so it's great that our kids are going to get to be able to play. And uh, hopefully that some of us will be able to get into the stands to watch them. So thank you. Thank you for your team. Uh, thank you for keeping your eye on the moving target as well. So thank you, Cole, again, and we will move forward. So you know what? I think we're going to open for general Q&A, which okay. I few questions come through and a question likely for Dr. Bell and uh, Mr. Mosley regarding homecoming and dances. Um, any plans for any sort of dances this year? What can we anticipate for homecoming celebrations? Well, um, dances are obviously a, a challenge with the space spacing that we've been qualified to do. So, you know, asking our kids to dance six feet apart. I mean, I'd like to see you try to make that happen. Um, those are some of the challenges that we're facing. Our student leaders are working hard on alternate activities. The only way we're going to get to do a dance in the traditional sense is if we're back at a level one concern. Um, and so until we're at a level one concern, the dances are going to have to be rethought. We're going to have to come up with other creative activities and our student leaders are working, you know, towards that with regard to uh, our traditional events along those lines. And uh, they're working hard on alternate activities that will meet the requirements. So and I'm confident they'll come up with something, uh, but it's going to be different. So uh, dances are very challenging at this point. And so we're, we're looking for alternate approaches. Uh, one question, we'll go back to Cole with. Um, Cole, you know, we have the game on the football fields on Friday nights, and then we have this whole playground that is just an event in and of itself. And uh, so I wanted to ask you, will the playground be open for home football games this season as of now? Thank you for asking that. I was just going through my notes, and I totally missed that. Uh, unfortunately, the playground will be closed for home football games this year. Um, and, and, and this uh, will reduce the possible spread of COVID, the cross-contamination. Uh, we've just felt like it's, it's better for us to close that down uh, due to try to mitigate any spread of COVID. Uh, so that, that is a no, it will not be open, to be clear. Is there going to be additional opportunities for folks to take uh, part in strength and conditioning camps? camps this this fall yes that we're talking about uh, what i what, what i'm supposing that you're talking about is historically we have we have had that in the mornings for middle school athletes um and and that's uh that's a bit of a challenge due to the personnel being spread all over um i, I you know i think that um 
I can't give you an answer on that right now. How's that? That's not really the answer you want to hear, but man, it's such a good question. Um, and, and I would like to answer that more thoroughly uh, with better information. And, and so um, let me review that and, and seek more counsel and information on if that is even a possibility. Nicole, someone just asked, uh, is there an age level at which kids wouldn't need tickets? Um, and I, I think based on what you've shared, if, if you're coming inside the facility, you will have to have a ticket. Correct. Because everybody will count to capacity, right? Correct. Correct. And what that means is if even if people don't have tickets, if somebody with a ticket has exited, they have reserved that spot for the duration of the game. And, and we can't just let more folks come in. Shannon, a final question to you. Uh, we, we did have someone ask about Legacy Night this year, uh, originally slated for October as well. Do you want to speak to that? Sure. Thanks, Adam. Um, so Legacy Night, unfortunately, we will not be hosting our typical fall fundraiser and, and um, opportunity together as a community. Um, but we are looking at some other opportunities to pull our community together and have some uh, social socialization. Uh, so more information coming soon on that front, and we will certainly be in touch. Keep an eye out um, as we get those plans together throughout the fall. Okay. Well, we are going to turn it back over to uh, Brad, who is going to close us in prayer for tonight. Brad? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we just ask that you continue to bless over Legacy Christian and continue to pr protect the school and protect everyone that's involved. Uh, we pray for the leaders as they're having to make these difficult decisions and difficult executions and just, just continue to be with them as they guide us and be with the teachers and give them the patience and give them the energy as they're having to deal with different types of times. And then lastly, obviously be with our children, continue to just protect them and give them the perspective that they can look back in this in a couple of years and they'll know that this taught them resilience and that you're in control and you're and they can always seek to you for help and continue to be with all the legacy families and keep them safe and keep them safe as they travel for labor day and in christ's name we pray amen so thank you so much brad um, and thank you all for joining us today uh, just a few last minute reminders. If you didn't grab all these, save the dates. I'm going to flash them up on the screen one more time. Um, so please uh, do remember uh, that we've got quite a bit coming up and we can't wait to see you. Uh, we'll look forward to gathering again on October 7th for our next town hall meeting. And then finally, we've got a whole bunch of resources for you here. Um, if you don't have these marked down, please do grab a pen. Um, and then lastly, uh, just uh, please do follow us on social media. We've got um, all of our social media channels share a lot of good information. And if you are not um, active on those uh, platforms, we ask that you join us. Um, so with that, thank you all so much. Have a great evening. Uh, we uh, love you so much and we're praying for you and we can't wait to be back together with you again soon. See you later. <laughs>